everyone. I'm Father Alex Sandahar. And I'm the Reverend David Marshall. Nice to see you, Alex. Nice to see you too. And this is A Bridge Between, where we bridge our knowledge of the scriptures. Uh, we bridge uh, the physical distance between us by uh, doing this virtually. And what else are we bridging today? Uh, we are normally we bridge the gospel. So we focus on Jesus. Um, we are going to be talking about Jesus, of course. But um, we did something about uh, the letter that St. Paul wrote to the church in Rome called Romans. We did that. And uh, the folks that uh, that I know that watch us really enjoyed it. So we're going to try some more of that. Of the I like that. Romans. Right. I like that because I like to talk about the letter to the Romans. Good. Um, I usually avoid it. So this is, um, we're, we'll build a bridge between the priest who likes to avoid talking about it and the one who likes to talk about it. So, all right. And, and only one of us will win today. So let's see. I, I hope it's your opinion that wins. I hope that it's, it's a good. Okay. One. Well, it's, I mean, we'll see. All right. Good. Um, so we have two paragraphs. We're going to focus on the second paragraph today, but what I'll be reading from is Romans chapter 13. Uh, the full text is 18 through 14, 18, that doesn't make any sense, 13, 8 through 14. Okay. Um, so I'm going to summarize the first part, and then we'll jump into the second part. Um, the first paragraph, uh, Paul is telling us, you know the commandments not to commit adultery, do not murder, don't steal, don't want what your neighbor has. All of that summed up with love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul writes that love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. And I like that. I mean, there's not much for us to talk about. Uh, the only thing I'd like to highlight for those that um, maybe are listening to us for the first time is that uh, love, when mentioned um, in the Bible, mm -hmm. it is not the type of love that you think of on Valentine's Day where you've got little hearts and you send out Valentines. Um, it, love is not a feeling. It's a, an action verb. Uh, it's something that we do to help. And so, um, as you can notice, Alex and I have been through a hurricane. Actually, you probably can't notice that we have been through a hurricane because we are dry and we have electricity and everything. Went, our roof is intact, thanks be to God. Um, but there are some neighbors that, um, that had damage. And when love does no wrong to a neighbor, the love that the Bible is talking about is where you go help your neighbor clean up from the hurricane. If the fences fall down, you help them put the fence back up. You know, you do things to help your neighbor. And what Paul is saying is that uh, that type of love is fulfilling the law. And I would add to that um, because I've heard some great stories um, from some of my parishioners who live in different parts and they have family in different parts of Florida and throughout the Southeast who've been affected by the storm that talk about neighbors that they don't even really know very well who were going around helping people, you know, helping get water out of their house, helping them have food because the refrigerator was most assuredly not working. Um, and this is where I, I try to remind people, Jesus commands us to love for a reason. You know, it sounds like he's asking, he's telling. He's telling, he's telling because on our own, we may not do it. You know, on our own time, on our own schedule, we may not do it. But when we realize that we've been commanded to do it, that it's, it's from a deep sense of gratitude and obligation, but from a deep sense of gratitude for what we've received from God, 
that's where love truly begins, truly, truly begins to flow out into the world. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a restaurant that I pass by every day, um, which is on next to the Cortez Bridge it's called the Tide Tables. And they are not a sponsor of the show. Um, but not yet. They had not yet. Um, they had at least three feet of uh, water and they have been um, redoing all of the sand in our area. And I think half the sand that they redid ended up inside of their restaurant. Uh, and so the, the next day, uh, the owner of the Tide Tables, she had a, a wide angle photo of like 19 people who had showed up to help them get the sand out and get their restaurant open. And she said, 12 of these people I know, the others just were walking by and pitched in a hand to help. Um, and Paul would say, those are the people who are fulfilling the law that they just saw somebody who needed help. They didn't come in for free food. You know, they just showed up to help. And so, um, that's one of the marks, one of the distinctive features of Christianity is, uh, is loving your neighbors, helping others. Um, And I just want to add to that. Um, your neighbor does not necessarily mean somebody that, you know, or like or have anything in common with, you know, none of those things are necessary for that person to be your neighbor. In fact, your neighbor is all those things and more, you know, and uh, we could have a long conversation about this. We could have a very, very long investigative kind of part of our podcast on this, but something I want us to be thinking about for the future is how do we get people to truly see that that is something that should be done? something that should happen, something that should be engaged in is in loving that way. And it starts, of course, in our own churches with loving each other. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's part of the, the church, the, the church era that you and I came out of um, was largely talking about how to avoid hell. Uh, and the church of the 21st century is going to be about how do we love one another? How do we love God? Um, right. That it won't be out of sense of fear won't be out of a sense of obligation at all to attend church. This will all be about um, how can we love better. And yeah. So, yeah, I think we're going to spend more time about that. But we've got the second paragraph that I'm chomping at the bit to jump into. Is it ready? Are you ready to go in? Go for it. All right, here we go. Besides this, says Paul, or writes Paul, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than we be, when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Just end the lesson. Oh boy. Let's oh get in on this. Yes. Where would you like to jump in? Well, I think that the, the place I want to jump into is before we talk about putting on the armor of light, I kind of like to start with the negative or the challenging and kind of move towards the grace. Sure. And um, for me, I think it's important when we read this that Paul is writing to a church in Rome and Rome is this society where these things are taking place. 
debauchery and licentiousness, you know, uh, the Roman Empire and the emperors were known by their excesses. Mm. You know, they were they were known for all of the terrible things that they did to one another all along those categories that Paul lists. And so this is also part of Paul saying, you know, separate yourself from the culture in which you're in. And I think that sometimes as Christians, we might be hesitant to talk about some of these things because we don't want to come off as judgmental. But at the same time, these things are happening in our society right now. Have you read um, the book that's about Katniss? Why can't I think of the name? Um, The Hunger Games. Yes. Yes. Have you read those books? Um, I have seen the movies. Oh, did they make movies? Yeah, see, I ask you if you've seen the movie, you go, no. You ask me if I've read the book. And right. then I go usually oh, go, I yeah, I haven't always, so the, I haven't the always The answer will apply for both. Okay. Um, so when I was at um, St. John's School and teaching religion and all that, uh, my students were reading these things. And so I needed to read it and then got sucked into it. Um, but the the Rome that Paul is um, living in and talking about mm-hmm. is very much, from what I understand, uh, was the model that they used for the city um, where the 12 districts would send people to. Uh, oh, that they okay. had these massive parties where people would intentionally throw up so they can continue to eat. The vomitoriums, uh, had, right? Yeah. Um, they had all sorts of ways of changing their body image and uh, and, and looking a certain way uh, that even the Roman Colosseum was originally where the hunger, I mean, that's that's what they were doing. Starving people were going in there to fight and try to eat. You know, that it's just, um, that is this crazy mixed up uh, society that Paul saw and was writing about this. Um, and that living in the day is, um, is this whole idea of living as you would if everybody can see what you're doing, where, you know, at night they would do all of these, the things of debauchery and licentiousness. Um, so you well, said that we can still see some of that today. I think we can see a lot of that today when we look at the choices that some people are making that are incredibly unhealthy with the types of relationships that people are engaging in you know uh, think about this that it has become more and more popular to bear one's body to bear everything about one's sexuality on the internet than ever before and that there are people who say to themselves i don't want a career i don't want a four-year degree I just want to be online selling my image or selling videos of myself that we've gone backwards somehow. Yes. Um, so when Paul writes to not be in quarreling or in jealousy, um, but instead uh, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Uh, he is, he's painting these two distinct different things that are going on. Um, and, for those that are caught up in the um, in the online world of um, having people follow you and stuff, there can be quarreling and there can be jealousy. That is mm-hmm. Oh yeah, bring into all of that. Um, so, and none of that builds up uh, either ourselves or our neighbor. And that Paul is instead telling us to do something different. So, what's he saying for us to do? Well, I think he's talking about when he says putting on the armor of light. Um, I, I think it's talking about living a life of virtue, but it's also talking about putting on 
Jesus. And, you know, we may have this idea, and I want you kind of to expound on this because I know you know more of the Greek than I do. But when we think about this idea of putting on Jesus, it's not just, well, putting a Jesus-shaped cloak on. It's something much deeper than that. What would a Jesus-shaped cloak look like? Well, it would have sandals at the bottom that you put your feet in. Okay, right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then it had like a tunic. And then at the top, I'm going to be irreverent here and say it would have some, like a crown of thorns or something, like as oh. a hoodie. Right. I thought it would just have like a really big beard. That, that, that could be an attachment. Right. I mean, that seems to be the popular. Well, anyway. Um, yeah. So he wrote, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And many have wondered, what, what in the world was Paul talking about by uh, how do you put on uh, Jesus? And um, there are many ways to look at it. And I think that Paul was talking about, remember your baptism. Mm -hmm. Remember the water that washed over you and put that on. Put on that, uh, that notion. Now, in the Episcopal Church, we make a bunch of promises um, to respect the dignity of every human being, um, to follow in the practices and fellowship of the church. You know, that there are many things that we say that we want to do with our baptism. Uh, and Paul, in my opinion, there are others that will disagree. Paul is talking about remember your baptism and that in it, there's no provision for the flesh, which, by the way, in um, Greek is sark. It's just Greek. Um, that uh, so make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires, that the baptism that we put on is to help others. The baptism that we wear um, is, is our, of course, our saving grace that comes to us with, and without anything we do to earn or deserve. We just get it from God. Um, but we use it to help others, which links us back into the first paragraph about love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. Remember your baptism. Remember to put Jesus on every day. And I think that um, some of that is also remember the image of the one in whom you were created. Ooh. You know, we were wow. created in the image of God. Right. So don't be something else besides the image of God. Right. And that the image isn't your outward flesh. The it's image is your soul. Stamp, right. Yeah. Stamp yeah. On the image. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think, I mean, you, You've probably heard stories about uh, the Emperor Caligula. Oh, oh, yeah. From what I've heard, it was much worse than what's been written. <laughs> that, that one. Yeah, that's just that's just what they wrote down. Right. That they're like you wouldn't believe if we actually wrote what he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that is the provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Uh, and the the odd thing about satisfying one's fleshly desires is that they come back. Um, but loving one another, loving God with our, our whole heart, those are things that, um, that doesn't come from desire that when we do that, uh, it lifts us up. You know, I, I think a way to look at this also is, um, growing up, we sometimes have heroes. We sometimes have role models that we want to be, you know, just, just like them. You know, I had that Michael Jordan poster in my room. Which one? And I well, the, well, I don't want to stick my tongue out, but it's, you know, the one where he's getting ready to dunk and he's got the tongue out. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Right. And, um, no, they, they and, interviewed the guy that was doing this that was underneath him. Anyway, but, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And and so I, I look at that image and I say to myself, you know, I want to be just like him. And maybe one day I could be like him, except I'm like, have no basketball skill. I'm not six foot six and, you know, a lot of other six elements nine. within there. Six foot six. I thought he was six nine. Nope. Six foot six. When did he have that growth? Anyway, sorry. We'll look uh, it up. Okay. Uh, we'll... uh, but But I say to myself, you know, I want to be like that person. And if I could put on that person's persona, if I could put on that person's skill, maybe I could be who I want to be. And I think what Paul is saying is, is don't look at the world for role models. Don't look at those things that are terrible, that are unhealthy, that kill the soul and say that they're good. Put on the armor of light, put on Jesus Christ. And, and that's a hard lesson and a hard sermon for our young people today. Why is that hard? Um, well, because I, I remember being young and I remember not wanting to be told, you know, what to do or how to behave or how to live. Um, and I, I think we have this idea of kind of fear of missing out. We, we want to um, do certain things because we feel there may be rites of passage or just we want to push the envelope. But unfortunately, if we're not careful, we can make some very dangerous mistakes. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, growing up, one of my favorite comedians, we had a, a record or two of his, uh, and then we watched the TV show that had his name on it. Um, and then we found out he is not nearly the person that we thought he was. No, Everybody no. Him America's dad. And, right. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing is if we put our faith in people, if we put our faith and say, I want to be like that person, we're always going to be disappointed. Right. But if we say, I want to be like Christ, it will be hard. We will not always like doing it, but we will not be disappointed with the outcome. So if Michael, uh, Jordan. It's six six. That makes him just two inches taller than me, and that, I don't know. I I, I, swear I think you know. I'm gonna just gonna go on a limb here and say that just the two inches is just kind of the beginning of the distance between the two of you, <laughs> right? Yes. You know, I mean, if we're focusing, his, uh, he was cut from his <laughs> high school basketball team. You know. Like I said, this can go in a lot of different directions with this, but I'm just not going to measure myself or anyone else on that, on the uh, along those lines. But just to kind of uh, to kind of um, mm -hmm. wait, wait, uh, Alex, you're right. Uh, he is six six. LeBron James is six nine. Ah, well, uh, Kobe Bryant also six six. So, uh, and and I met the the twin towers in Texas, um, and. Man, there were seven, uh, Hakeem was seven, two, I think. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it, he, but he looked like he's more than a foot taller than me. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. So, uh, anyway, so, um, folks, if this is a lesson for you all, uh, Alex is right. So uh, listen well, to that. It, man. It's, it was bound to happen sooner or later. Uh, right. so <laughs> kind of, kind of back to the last part of our segment, um, how do we in love say to the person you're wearing the wrong clothes? 
Do we say it? Or by loving our neighbor, do we say things by our actions? But I, I think, though, if I, was, if I was wearing the wrong thing, this is just me. I think if I was wearing the wrong thing, part of me would want to know. Part of me would want to be told, like, that's, don't wear that. That's, that's the wrong, that's the unhealthy thing to, to wear. And this is where I come back. We were talking about this before we started the podcast this, this afternoon, is that, you know, we sometimes worry about judging others or coming off as judgy. But I think there are times when we have to speak the truth and tell someone that may not be the healthiest choice. And they, it's their way to listen or not. And we do have to say it with a sense of humility that we ourselves have often been caught wearing the wrong thing also. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, you've asked a, a really good question and one that we did not discuss before uh, you hit record. So um, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. The, uh, I mean, I've learned in what we do for a living that it is always better to be in a collar than to not. Um, like if, if you think maybe I shouldn't or I don't have to, it's always a good idea to have it. Um, mm -hmm. And um, we moved my son, Ethan, into uh, the dormitory, which was uh, is five, six blocks south, south? Yeah, of the cathedral. And, uh, and our new bishop had us doing something that day. I forgot what it was in the cathedral. Mm -hmm. And so I had uh, my T-shirt and stuff that I was wearing to help Ethan move. And I was carrying because we had to we had to have cassock and everything else. It was something really formal. Um, and I don't know what that was anyway. It was the installation of the bishop. Was it actually his installation? I bet it was. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a really busy time for me. But you know, like today. But so I'm carrying my cassock and everything else. I'm in a t-shirt and I walk in and there's Doug. Uh, there's Bishop Sheriff, who is about to be installed as our bishop. And you know what do you do? So I just walked right over. I shook his hand. And I said, congratulations, Bishop. Oh, were we supposed to wear collars to this? And he just started to laugh. He's like, you know, you look great. And I said, thanks. And I'm sure he saw I had a garment bag in my arm. But, you know, it's just one of those. Um, he, so yeah, he didn't it's, say I was wearing the wrong thing. He just said I look great. I, I think the, the what we should be cognizant of is that um, wearing the right thing is not about impressing people or uh, going by societal norms. Um, wearing the right thing means wearing the image of God and bearing it to others. Mm. Would that be like loving your neighbor? It would definitely be like loving your neighbor because that's what Jesus did. Exactly. Good. There you go. There you go. I like that. Um, yeah. Well, I, I have enjoyed exploring, room, exploring rooms with you, and I have to say... Not only were you right about uh, the height of a basketball star from the 90s who played in Chicago and beat my Seattle Sonics all the time. Um, you're also right that it, we should be excited about this Romans reading. And I yeah, am much I think more excited should. about it, Alex. And you have, you've helped me bridge, build a bridge between myself and it. Well, thank you. And you helped me build a bridge with it just by being able to get some of these thoughts out and talk about them. And The Hunger Games is a good book series if you ever wanted to read <laughs> i will get right on that <laughs> well, there's there's plenty it's a good summer read although we're now in fall so 
uh, on my next vacation. There you go. Right. There you go. You won't be able well, to put them down. It's quite well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate everyone else's time and joining us. And uh, I look forward to seeing everyone again. And I look forward to seeing that. And uh, Alex, God bless you and your family. And to all of our listeners, may God bless and watch over you. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you in the next one.